Hello and welcome to The Coworking Club, a podcast for female business owners who want to work for themselves, not by themselves. I'm your host Jessica Berry and each week I'll be chatting to a new guest all about the realities of running your own business, sharing tips and tricks for dealing with the loneliness and isolation that comes with working from home, as well as discussing the benefits of building community through co-working. So what are you waiting for? Come and join the club. Hello and welcome back to the co-working club. It's lovely to have you joining us today and this week I have decided to shake things up and do something a little bit different. To mark Mental Health Awareness Week, I'm going to be teaming up with my pal and mental health specialist Amy Sixsmith to share some short and snappy daily episodes in which we're going to be chatting all about some of the most common challenges and struggles that you can come across as a business owner. Now I know from personal experience that working from home and being your own boss can sometimes have quite a detrimental effect on your mental health and that's especially true if you're not making sure to really actively prioritise your well-being so that's exactly what we are going to be encouraging you to do throughout this week. In today's episode we're going to be chatting all about how to structure well-being into your working week and why it's so important and we also have a whole host of other interesting topics lined up for the rest of the week which I really hope that you are going to enjoy but yeah without further ado here is the conversation. Hi Amy thank you so much for joining me today. Hi thank you for having me. So for anyone who doesn't know who you are already, do you want to start by introducing yourself? Yeah, of course. So yeah, I'm Amy. My day-to-day role is I work as a kind of mental health practitioner, but then on the side to that do lots of mental health training and wellbeing workshops and yeah, kind of different things like that. I'm also a mental health first aid instructor, so I deliver mental health first aid for people. So that's kind of me. That's what I do. It's my day-to-day. Mm-hmm. Welcome. So this week we are going to be marking Mental Health Awareness Week by chatting a little bit about how to prioritise your well-being whilst running a business because, you know, from my experience and chatting to lots of other female business owners, running a business can definitely be all-consuming at times and it's easy to slip into bad habits when you're working from home and, you know, all of these things can add up to have quite an impact on your mental health and I found that especially. So yeah, this week we're going to be basically encouraging you to take a step back and put your well-being at the top of your priority list. So today's episode is going to be all about how to structure well-being into your working week. So I thought we would kick off by chatting a little bit about why it's so important to actually structure well-being into your working week. So do you want to share your thoughts on that Amy? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I think it's just that really kind of like you were saying, I think particularly when you work for yourself or you kind of own a business or particularly if you work from home, I think that idea of prioritising your well-being just goes to like the bottom of the list for most people. And I think the most 
obvious thing and the reason why it's important to actually kind of proactively structure it is I think you kind of just lose so many things that maybe you took for granted when you maybe worked in kind of a shared space or you kind of worked for a company or you worked for somebody else I guess kind of all those things that you would just naturally come from kind of day to day that pick you up a little bit kind of keep you going kind of make you feel better you kind of suddenly lose all those things and if you're not kind of putting them into place for yourself then I think all of a sudden you can go maybe kind of like what happened for you Jess you can kind of go quite a few months and all of a sudden you realize actually like I'm missing all of these things that used to make me feel good or they used to pick me up and now I'm not making time for them anymore so I think it's that I think it's kind of like making sure you put it back up to the top of your list and just making sure that you kind of have some of those things in place if that makes sense so kind of having them in place as a kind of a bit of a foundation really I don't know if that's what you've found but like putting that foundation in place so that when things do get difficult you've already got all these kind of good habits and these good kind of well-being practices that you fall back on. Yeah I think that's so true and so often we'll try and fit things for ourselves maybe and things that make us feel good around work commitments or you know things like meetings appointments those are all solid priorities in our diaries but often we don't give it the same level of prioritization to our own well-being and you know we'll we'll fit it in if we possibly can so I guess it's kind of flipping that mentality a little bit. And I think the other thing on that as well is that almost it sometimes gets seen as like a reward so it's kind of like I can earn this time to do something nice for myself if I do this, this, this and this. And I guess just in the sense of doing that, then it's it's not the same priority as everything else because it's kind of like this, you kind of earn it or it gets to be this reward that you get for yourself, which, yeah, again, it's if, it, if we don't kind of put it in there and put it to the top and prioritise it and kind of make sure it's in our diaries and things like that. I just think, yeah, we need to flip that mentality a little bit that it's something that we need to earn or that we get once we've ticked off kind of a thousand things off our list. Mm -hmm. yeah that is so true and I think you know if we're going through like a busy period maybe I think that's the first thing to go isn't it you know oh I don't have time to go out for a lunchtime walk or I'll just power through and have lunch at my desk and you know all of those Mm -hmm. kind of small bad habits and I do it myself like I'm not perfect at this and I think last week the weather was a bit rubbish so I didn't end up going out for a walk just stayed in most of the day and Mm -hmm. by the end of the day I could really feel it you know by the end of the week as well you know I felt like it was quite heavy and like I felt like I hadn't had that outside time I hadn't done any form of exercise and it just really starts to build up doesn't it Mm -hmm. yeah and I think it is that I think it's those things that you maybe just didn't even realize like how important they were that you just missed like things like commutes and obviously everything you say just around kind of community but even also just the structure that comes with kind of working in more of a formal workplace or for somebody else like it gives you that structure for your day and there's so many things I think you just don't even realize but like you say you can then all of a sudden go a number of days and if nobody's kind of holding you accountable to that or nobody's kind of doing that with you then yeah, it's so easy to just let those things slip and kind of not be there in the day to day. Yeah, so I guess that was kind of my question for you, Jess, is then how how do you find or like what ways do you find is helpful for you to make sure that like you actually do do some of those things, even though it sounds like nice ideas, like how, how do you make sure you actually do that? Mm, yeah it's definitely been a learning curve because to start out with I didn't do any of these things I would pretty much just probably spend like nine to five sat at my desk and then Mm. at the end of the day wonder why I didn't feel good 
So yeah, in terms of practically, you know, I'll always set aside a lunch break. I'll physically put it in my diary and, you know, I won't book meetings or calls back to back so that a lunch break isn't possible. I'll always kind of prioritise that. And over the past year as well, I found it a lot easier to motivate myself to get out for a walk because Adam's been at home. So, you know, we can kind of hold each other accountable in that sense. Mm. Um, And I'm sure other people have been in the same boat. And, you know, he's been working from home for the first time. So he is, you know, coming at it from kind of like a complete beginner. So most of the time I've been the one dragging him out for a walk saying, you know, you need this more than you know. (laughs) (laughs) But um, yeah, I think having some form of accountability is good. Mm. And also, yeah, just, I guess, making it enjoyable if possible. So for me, sometimes I don't feel like going out for a walk, but I will, you know, use it as a chance to catch up on podcasts. And since I don't have a commute anymore, which is where I used to listen to podcasts, Mm. I found that I really miss that. So trying to like create my own little commute during the day I suppose (laughs) yeah yeah and I think I think it's that isn't it of like finding what works for you because I think it's that way with anything isn't it you can see what other people do to look after their well-being maybe how they structure their days or what they put into their days and actually that just might not be kind of helpful for you or might not be what works for you and I think some of it is about trial and error a little bit of of having a go at different things and and seeing you know what impacts your mood what makes you feel better at the end of the day what maybe makes you feel worse and then I guess creating a little bit of that plan for yourself that's really kind of personalized to you but yeah I think it's so easy to kind of see what everyone else does for their well-being and and actually think oh well I should mirror that and do exactly that And, and we can definitely pick up good tips from other people and like what works for them but I think sometimes it is about kind of a bit of that trial and error and but then also learning from people like you were just saying there with Adam like learning from people that have been doing this before or doing it for longer and and finding out how other people do it I think is always helpful. I think that's especially true with things like morning routines because there's a lot of hype on Instagram about morning routines and you know people doing like 10 step morning routines that take an hour and a half to do and you know not everyone has that time in the morning and Mm. depending on your situation and what your schedule looks like that completely kind of determines I guess how much time you have in the morning and how you can best set yourself up for the day and whether that's just doing literally something that takes two minutes Mm -hmm. but you know if that makes you feel better and makes you feel ready to work and like in that right zone then I think you know some level of morning routine it doesn't have to be like an Instagram worthy kind of thing I've just fell into that trap to begin with and had like a six step routine but I've really just cut it down now and mine just is literally you know I'll have breakfast I'll fill in my five minute journal and I'll read a few pages if not a chapter of a book that I'm reading at the moment I just find that those couple of things just kind of signifies that okay it's the start of the day and I found that if I wasn't doing something for me before I started work then it just meant I was starting work earlier but, you know, I wouldn't finish any earlier. Mm. So I was just making my work day really, really long and, you know, not finding time for me. Yeah, I think that's that's so interesting, that kind of, that you would, if you didn't do that, then you would just work. And I think that's, I guess that's why with, with all of, of this around kind of planning and structuring your wellbeing, about why it is so important to kind of really block it in and put it in and, like, put it in your diary in the way that you would anything else. 
because if not you are as you say you're so likely that you will just fill it with something else and I guess it is being really intentional about that but you're so right about kind of morning routines yeah how you do that best for you I think is is you know it's definitely about what works for you but just the idea of kind of starting your day out right and starting out well and yeah it's kind of it really I guess is just such a positive in terms of like the mindset that you go into the day with and it's so easy I can definitely be guilty of kind of rolling out of bed and then sitting at my desk immediately and and I do notice that on those days like that's like I'm not as productive I'm not as kind of positive and I guess it kind of comes back to that idea of kind of what we think about most or what we kind of feed our minds with is what we'll notice more of within our day so if we are starting our morning in a positive sense and you know whether that is things like doing a bit of a gratitude practice or whatever it is actually just starting with that kind of more focused mindset you know it it does mean we will kind of spot more positive things in our day we'll kind of start on that right foot and we're so much more likely to be kind of more focused but yeah I couldn't agree more it's you know what what works for you I personally will never be a a 10-step morning routine person (laughs) because it's just it's not my style but it's just having something a little bit of time for you I think is yeah it's so important Mm -hmm. yeah it literally could be grabbing a coffee and listening to Mm -hmm. a podcast or you know whatever it is and there's definitely Mm. morning people and there's evening people and I think we differ in that sense definitely do (laughs) so yeah it's kind of leaning into like what your optimal like working hours are Mm. as well and how you can make that work for you um Mm. if you have the flexibility and the freedom to design your own working Mm. schedule yeah and I think it is it, it definitely pulls into that I think obviously this is something you talk a lot around Jess but I guess using those perks that you have of having your own business or working for yourself or you know I think I was kind of looking at at some research actually that was looking around stress and people who were um, self-employed and it was talking around actually that flexibility is one of the the main reasons why there are sometimes reduced kind of stress levels in people that are self-employed and I think so actually making sure that you you use that for what it is kind of like you've got that opportunity And I know, again, I can imagine that that's the first thing to go, that that flexibility is the first thing to go. And I imagine actually over the past year, it's not been that easy to use that flexibility because how flexible can you be when you're just in the four walls of your home? But using it to some extent, and I definitely think as we go forward, kind of using that more and using the perks that you get from, from kind of having that if you can do yeah absolutely and I think over the past year you know if people if this has been people's first experience of working from home like you know I've been saying it's just not like an accurate representation of what it's usually like Mm -hmm. because you know you're not able to make use of those perks and those positives so Mm. I think now we move forward as things start to go back to some semblance of normality we're having to you know balance a lot more so I think it becomes even more important to actually schedule well-being and looking after yourself into your working week Mm -hmm. because you know as life life gets a little bit busier it's going to be even more important than ever yeah definitely I think that's that's it as well I think just kind of going back to why it's important for people who kind of have their own business or work for themselves is you know, you're kind of juggling so many things that maybe someone who's in full-time employment or kind of who is employed by somebody else isn't juggling. So I kind of, I often just think about, I guess, all the different things that you must kind of have to 
to balance and juggle and why actually it's probably likely that you will struggle with your kind of well-being at points in time particularly as you say as things get busier and kind of life gets busier maybe your workload might get busier as well with that and I think all the different things that that you might have to kind of juggle and doing that in in a little bit of isolation as well the kind of all the different aspects of your business that you kind of carry and have to think about but also I guess the pressure that comes with that when you're just kind of that sole person and putting so much pressure on yourself and I guess that's kind of looped back around just why it is so important that we factor this in and I guess there's a little bit of a if I'm going to do a little bit of a sell for people because you know it's people always like to know why I think I think we talk about this sometimes, Jess, of like, when you've got so many things that you're kind of juggling with running a business, like I can understand why that goes to the bottom of the list. But I guess just like a bit of an encourager for people that, as Jess knows, I love my research and <laughs> every bit of research goes to kind of show that people who prioritise their well-being do perform better in their businesses. Like there's so much, there's some really interesting studies, which I won't go through in any detail, but there's some really interesting stuff that look at different time points and find that actually those people who did prioritise their well-being across that time point like actually were more successful and not just in terms of kind of like financial success but also just in their own personal achievement of what they'd done so that was just kind of a little a sell on my part but just why it's not it isn't just necessarily even just for you or to look after your mental health but actually everything goes to show that when you are happier in the work that you're doing you're more likely to perform better in that and you're more likely to be more invested. And particularly if it protects against kind of that stress and overwhelm to look after yourself earlier on, you know, it's it's better to be proactive, I think, with some of these things and put them in place early rather than, as I say, when you get to that complete overload mm-hmm. and then you're kind of clutching at straws to find the things that, that will help. Yeah, exactly. Like it's not sustainable to just work 24-7 and not to prioritize any time for yourself and mm. and to factor that well-being in so you are likely to probably get to a point of burnout or as you said like complete kind of overwhelm with with the stress side of things so mm. then you know you have to kind of relook at your schedule and your how you structure your working life and you know it's a lot harder to do it a year or a couple of years into it rather than start out the way that you want to continue with that foundation in place and over the past year like there's you know so many of us have been overworking Mm -hmm. there's a stat love a stat yeah so it says the average UK worker has put in an extra 59 hours of work which is equal to seven days over the past five months so that was five months into the pandemic so we're probably you know a lot higher than that at this point and I think it's understandable because you know there's not been a whole lot else to do mm-hmm. and you know it can be easy to do an extra 30 40 minutes every day and not really think it's a big deal but mm-hmm. it definitely adds up and you know can lead to you feeling mm-hmm. exhausted by the end of the week and like you've not had mm-hmm. any time for yourself and do you think I guess just from your experience as well Jess do you think there's an element of that that's to do with those like boundaries you set as well and particularly for people who work like at home and I guess that's a lot of where that stat came from is people working from home do you think it's also like a boundaries element of not having that separation from work and home that means you work more yeah definitely like there's no clear end point because Mm -hmm. there's always something else that you could be doing you know your to-do list never ends there's always something else that you could do Mm -hmm. but I think it's just stepping back and thinking 
do I need to do that right now or can it wait till tomorrow can it wait till next week and just not putting the pressure on yourself to get everything done right this second Mm. and I think another thing is is that separation in terms of like how do you quickly go from you know you're at your desk you're wrapping up work and once you've walked away from that you're suddenly you know supposed to be in home mode and I've always found that transition really difficult and especially at a weekend like I so miss the Friday feeling and you know Mm -hmm. walking out of the office knowing that you don't have to be back for two days like I really miss that so I've definitely tried to create moments like that within my day so at the end of the day maybe it means going for a quick walk even if it's just around the block Mm. just to signify that like the working day's over like I've left my office and I don't need to go back in there Mm. I also find cooking is like a good signifier that you know it's home mode and time for me to chill so it's just like creating those little signifiers I think that help you to switch between the modes Mm. I know a lot of people do similar in the morning and that's I guess where the morning routine can come in in that just signals to your brain doesn't it that okay time Mm. to get into work mode and and time to um yeah focus on the business I guess yeah yeah definitely I think it's just that like mental space isn't it between like it can so easily kind of blur from one to the other and and even I guess that's in terms of like what what you're thinking about and kind of what you're mulling over even in kind of that your own time and I know this is something you talk about quite a bit Jess but I guess in how you not only how you end that day and kind of like moments that signify at the end of the day or at the end of the working week but also ways of like separating the things that you're kind of holding in your mind as well so kind of like all those things I know people you know you do stuff around kind of like just brain dumping all that stuff at the end of the day or just like even those kind of check-ins at the end of the day with yourself just actually reflecting on the day getting prepared for kind of the next day but just as well yeah kind of having that mental separation so that you're not also kind of carrying around those thoughts of work and I think a lot of people, as you say, get that from leaving one building to the next, but how you create that for yourself kind of mentally by getting all those things kind of out there and, and putting a little kind of pin in those things until the next day. Mm-hmm. Okay, so to start wrapping up, Amy, do you want to share some of the key takeaways that listeners can implement from this episode? Yeah, so I guess firstly, kind of figuring out what works for you, what are the things that kind of help you to look after your well-being and they're important to you for that. I guess then second is about making sure that you really are proactive in structuring that in, kind of prioritising that within your diary, within your week and holding kind of either yourself accountable to that or getting someone to kind of do that alongside and with who can kind of hold you to that when you feel like things are slipping a little bit. And I guess, yeah, just finally making sure to kind of check in with yourself regularly, either throughout your day or throughout your week, understanding the things that, you know, do impact on your well-being. What are the things that are in your week that kind of do increase your stress, but also kind of taking those more like mindful moments throughout your day, just to really check in on how you're feeling, how things are going, if there's anything you need to kind of adjust or change. And yeah, if you need to maybe even chat to someone about kind of what's going on and things like that. Yeah, I would say those are kind of the key things. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for listening. I really hope that you enjoyed the episode and found it useful. Definitely let us know how you're going to be structuring well-being into your working week. We would love to hear and make sure to tune in tomorrow as well as we're going to be chatting all about how to avoid falling into the toxic productivity trap. So hopefully see you there. You can say bye. Bye everyone. If you enjoy this podcast, please do subscribe so you keep up to date with all of future episodes. 
And if you could possibly leave a review, it would really help us in this early stage of launching the podcast. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you back here next Monday.